name Jesus is probably the most well-known name in history. Perhaps we've heard of him, studied him, or even prayed to him. But how well do we really know him? Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. In this series, we will be exploring Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and looking at his relationships, his words, and his actions. Our goal is drawing closer to the one who would rather die for you than live without you. We hope you enjoy. All right, let's, uh, let's just welcome everybody that's joining us online. Let's, uh, let's give them a big hand. Uh, we're so grateful that you're joining us, and there's so many uh, stories that we're hearing, and grateful. And to all of you, it's good to have you. I love being inside. Can I hear an amen to that? Although we just had another wonderful outside service out on the lawn, uh, phenomenal, but it's so good to be inside. And I want to start off by sharing something that's weird. And that's why you come to this church, because I'm weird. Amen? I, I always say this. You're like, man, I thought I was weird and different, but then I come to church and listen to Pastor Rob, and I feel better about myself. And I'm like, yes, that's what I'm here for, make you feel better. But I'm standing there during worship, and, and please hear this in the most positive way. I saw this whole front row of young people leading us. There is hope in the world. There is hope in the world. And then, and then, and then for my seasoned veterans behind them, how cool was that? How cool is that? Intergenerational ministry exists here at West Valley Christian Church because Jesus loves everybody. Amen. And I, I don't know, it just, gave me, it just gave me chills. And then there's a whole group of the young teenage girls over here that hang out, and they go, all go by the fireplace later. They promised me one of those cool masks, and I'm holding you to it. I will actually wear it. But I just love it. I love that Jesus is for everybody. Amen? Amen? And so I, that leads me to this. Are, is there anyone here, and I want to hear a yes really loud, if you believe in it. If it's a no, just say it really quietly. Is there anyone here that loves good news? Is there anyone here that loves good news? Is there anybody here that loves good news? This guy does. Last week at this exact time, I was making my way back from Arkansas. That's right. I was in Arkansas. And uh, former members of our church, I went to Pepperdine. They worked in our youth ministry. Uh, Carrington and Dylan Props got married, and I had the privilege of performing that. And, And if you don't know, last week in Denver... It was bad. It's like snow everywhere. And so flights were being canceled everywhere. On the way there, my flights were delayed and canceled. And on the way back, I was just glad to get out of Arkansas on Sunday, where most of my friends from L.A. didn't. But it meant I had to go through Houston instead of Denver. Okay? So I was, I was all right. I, but here's the problem. I had a three to four hour layover. Let me hear amen if you like layovers. Okay, I actually heard one. That, you're weird, like me, so you're from Florida. I understand. But here, here's the deal. I'm like, whatever. At least I got out of there, and I'll get home on a Sunday afternoon. And so, so I get off the plane, and I got this brilliant idea. Like, there's all these planes when I was landing. Maybe one of them's going to Burbank, Ontario, LAX. And I could jump on it. So I went up to one of the help desks and I said, hey, is there happens to be a flight? And she does all her magic there. And then she comes up and says, well, there's one leaving. I, I think it was like in 30, 35 minutes or something. She goes, but the problem is it's full. And the second problem is it will take you about 20, 25 minutes to get there. And I'm thinking, do you not see this? <laughs> like that's for the average person. 
I could get there faster. Well, she said, good luck. And I was like, ah, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? Because this guy thinks you never hit a ball you don't swing at. So let's go swinging. So I go and we go and I, I run through the airport. I've never been to Houston. It's, it's, you go like literally, you know how it works. You land at this side and of course the next gate is on the other side of the world. So I make my way through, not getting lost without my wife. Yeah, yeah, there is a God. And I get up there and, and you could see that it's already boarded, Right? And there's three guys standing in front of me uh, at the little desk counter, and they're all asking the same thing. Can we get on this flight? No, uh, no. Or one got on standby, and the other guy's just like, oh. And he left. The other guy left. And then there's me. And I'm like, I already know the answer, but can I get on this plane? And they're like, sorry, Mr. Denton. No, you know, the plane's full. And I thought, well, I'll just stand here. I've already run here. I need to catch my breath. So I stood there. You know what happened, right? My name came over the intercom. That's right. Mr. Denton, we now have a seat for you. I got on the plane. No three-hour wait. It was awesome. I love good news like that. This week, I'm going to tell you something. Maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to tell you anyways. You know, I I think we're responsible. You hear it all the time as being good stewards, right, in our own personal life with whatever resources we've been given. Amen? Okay? Uh, so everything we have is God's. And, and so as the lead pastor here, I look at that he, this way too. I steward what we have. I have that same mindset. And so with the budget and everything, I'm always looking at ways uh, with our operations director, Cynthia Wagner. Let's give it up for Cynthia Wagner. Always looking for ways uh, to, to really, you know, get, get tied on some stuff. And so one of the things, I'm just going to be real. One of the things that really bugs me is there's always a line item, $400 a month. Can you say 400 a month, we pay for a phone in the elevator. Yeah, I've thought about we could hire somebody to stand there and count who's going up and down. And if it doesn't go up, then we could go call the fire department. It seems like it would be cheaper to me. I'm like, that's always ridiculous. But, you know, we live in a wonderful state that has some weird rules, one or two of them. And so uh, we want to be obedient. And God forbid any of you ever got stuck in that thing. I wouldn't want it on me. But I heard that it's going up to $700. And so this whole time we've just been, you know, going at it. Well, Cynthia's so awesome. Uh, I think I was actually in one of the airports when she called me. She says, Rob, got good news for you. It's $400. It's going up to $700. But I finally figured out. I mean, she's been persistent for like two years. It's now $40 a month. That's good news, isn't it? I'm telling you, do you like good news? I like good news. Thursday morning, I get a call from my son. He is on the way to the hospital with my daughter-in-law, and she's going into labor. Well, you know what? Today, you can't go. You can't get into those hospitals. Even as a pastor, I've tried for a year to come see many of you. I, you can't get in. You couldn't stop Lisa Denton. <laughs> she got in. On Thursday, and then she got kicked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your pastor's wife is rebellious, but, you know, what can I do? So we found, she's dying. She's dying the whole day. And at 1040 at night, we're in bed, and she can't go to sleep, and we get that buzz. And there's a picture of my new daughter, granddaughter, 
And yesterday at four something, they got to go home. And so here's me meeting my granddaughter for the very first time, little Taylor Marie Denton. And so I get to preach my first, well, I guess it'd be on a second one because the first service outside my first sermon as a grandpa. So uh, I love, I love good news. How about you? Now here's the deal. That's good news about the plane flight, and that's good news uh, about, uh, about the, the bill for the phone, and it's really good news about my granddaughter. But I have to tell you, there's something even better out there. The Bible tells me in John 3, 16, for God so what? For God so loved the world, right? What'd he do? What'd he do? He gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, right? To die for us. And then it goes on to say, whoever believes in him shall not what? Shall not perish, but have what? I want to tell you, that's the best news you're ever going to hear. That's the greatest news in the world. It's the news that you and I need to be reminded of, and it's the news that people are dying to hear out on the streets. As a matter of fact, I want to stop here, and I want to, I want to give you an invitation. Because I honestly believe this world needs this message of Jesus Christ so bad. He is the answer to all that is going on in this world. But you and I are the megaphone. You and I are the messengers. Beautiful are the feet, the Bible says, that brings this good news. You and I get to bring this good news. And so there's two times a year where people are really, really open to coming. I, I believe they're open all the time, but especially Christmas and what? Easter. Do you know two, days, two, two weeks from today is Easter, right? So here's my challenge to you. Who is that person that you can invite to come to Easter? We're going to have a service inside at 9 o'clock. We're going to do things different. Then we're going to have an outside service at 10 o'clock, tailgating on Easter. How cool is that? And then we're going to be cleaning this place all up, and then we'll be back in here at 11 o'clock, so a little shorter services. But I want you to think about who is it that you could invite. I was a part of a group of pastors this week, and again, the studies are always the same. It doesn't matter how much technology has advanced. It doesn't matter how much uh, uh, internet stuff is out there and, and new things. You know, you got the Snapchats and the Instagrams and the Facebooks and all that stuff back in the day, MySpace, remember all that? It doesn't matter. The number one way people come to church is still personal invite. Believe it or not, your friends are dying to hear. They're waiting for you to invite them. So I'm going to challenge you to think about who can I invite? I mean, they could come next week too. But who can I invite to join us live or join us online? And again, we, uh, I just heard a great story just today. You're going to see some of us join our church, and they found us online watching our services. Okay? So anyways, there's, there's that. That's the good news. So we started a series a, a few weeks ago, Look at Jesus. Just take a deep breath, because that's what we need to do. With all the craziness out there, we just take a deep breath, and it's time to look at Jesus. And we've looked in a variety of different ways, and we're going to continue to look today. Before we do that, let's pray. God, it is good to be in your house. It's good to be alive. It's good to be part of good news. And Lord, it's good to just see so many faces I haven't seen in a while. God, it's good to be alive. It's good to have your word in our hands. It's good to see young and old worship. God, we love you. We ask that you help us to see what you want us to see in Jesus today. It's in your son's name, Jesus, that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. So we started this series, Look at Jesus. 
Uh, the first week, uh, we looked at this, he gets you. He gets you. I, I shared about my Catholic upbringing and nothing against Catholicism. Uh, there's some, I, I believe, love Jesus there. I'm not gonna shoot it all down, but here's the reality. My experience was I was taught to fear, right? And so we talked that first week about he, he gets us. Yes, he's perfect. And yes, he's born of a virgin. And yes, he performed miracles. But that's why he came to this earth in the flesh, tempted in every way, but was without sin. He gets us, amen? Then Pastor John did a great job last week uh, talking about he stooped for us. And he shared about how Jesus humbled himself and, 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 and how, how that relates and how he's an advocate for us. And today, if you're taking notes, write this down. He loves you. He loves you. Can I just tell you something? I'm not going to get into the details. Some of you have heard this before. I've had grown men in my office that have walked some crazy lifestyles that broke down in tears when I read John 3.16 and told them to put their name in there instead of the world. That's how powerful this is. You, you may take it for granted that he loves you, but I want to remind you that Jesus loves you. He loves all of you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think this is the best news ever. Amen? In light of eternity, it does not get any better than this. So we're going to take a 30,000-foot view, again, reminding us of this great love for us. And as I shared the very first week, the Old Testament is all about uh, Jesus' coming, it's prophecy. Then you get to the New Testament, the very first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and... John, it's all about Jesus is here and his life. And then you got the rest of the Bible, the rest of the New Testament, which is Jesus is coming. So this book is about Jesus. If you want to get to know who Jesus is, this is the book that you need to read. Amen. But it's specifically, if you want to learn what he was like and how he acted here on this earth, we look at the gospels. And so when I want to press in to this whole idea that Jesus loves us, uh, I look at the gospels and say, how did he manifest his love? How did he he show his love in a practical way. And, and you and I, I, I challenge you, think about like if you had to preach a sermon, what were the things that you would point out? What are the stories uh, and the people that you would point out that demonstrates God's love to us through Jesus' life here on this earth? So what I've done is I've picked three. Now, there, there's so many more, and I've picked three, and, and I'm not going to do the obvious one, because the obvious one is for next week, a whole sermon dedicated to Well, he loves us because he died for us. That's the best way a person could demonstrate his love, right? Greater love that no one has this, right? The scripture says that he would lay his life down. So we get to delve into that all next week. But this week it is he loves us. And there's three reasons uh, that uh, demonstrate uh, his love, actually. Number one, he is not asleep. He demonstrated his love by the fact that he is not asleep. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4, open up your version apps, and again, I'd encourage you here and at home to open that up. It's a great tool, version. It's an app, and you click on events, and then you can click on West Valley Christian Church. It's got all the notes. It's got all the words to the worship services, and for those of you online, it gives you an able, able to uh, put down prayer requests and your, your contact information. We'd love to reach out to you, and the same for us here in this room. But this is God's word, amen? This has authority over me. 
So let's see what God's word has to say. Mark chapter four, Mark chapter four, verse 35 says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with them. A furious squall came up and the waves break over the boat. Can you see this in your mind? Everything's good. Jesus hanging out with the disciples and, and this big storm comes up. The waves uh, literally go over the boat and nearly uh, literally knock it down to the, the depths of the sea. Well, verse 38 says this, Jesus was in the stern down below sleeping. I love this. <laughs> sleeping on a what, church? Sleeping on a cushion. Ladies, when your husband's asleep this afternoon watching golf or March Madness, or men, when your lady is asleep on the couch, we are being like Christ. <laughs> Naps are biblical. Can I hear an amen? Yes, yes, yes. At least that's what I tell my wife. All right. All right. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples <laughs> woke him up and said to him, teacher, teacher, don't you care? Don't you care? We're going to what? We're going to drown. We're dying. And she's like, oh my goodness. Let's go. Let's freak out. This is not good. Thank you for waking me up. Is that in your Bible? Not my Bible. Jesus isn't freaking out, other than the fact that he just got woke up from a good nap. <laughs> I love this phrase, don't you care if we drown? Loose translation. This is really loose of the Greek. Don't you give a rip? Don't you give a rip? Now, here's the, here's the fact. If you're disciples, you don't know if you should be amazed at the fact that he's sleeping or outraged. And I think, honestly, they're probably both. And one of the things I've learned as I'm getting older, because now I'm a grandpa, <laughs> is that once things that I saw as storms are now just spring showers. And you don't have to be a grandpa to, to relate to that. Do you get that? Like, what, what, what things that used to be storms... Aren't, aren't as big a deal. And, and this may be a bad example, but I, I was just thinking back to this wedding. Um, it was a big wedding. I mean, it was hoity-toity, beautiful, I mean, done Southern style, high. And I was at a country club, and it was transformed inside, and everyone sat at their, their tables with all the stuff and 500-plus candles of every side. It was just beautiful. And the wedding party, I, I think there was 10 on both sides. It was big. And everybody just dressed to the nines with the gowns and the tuxedos, suits, all that. And it was going live. I, I think a lot of people from West Valley actually watched it. And so, I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes into the ceremony, I hear a bam. And I look behind me and one of the groomsmen went, <laughs> it was hot in there with all the people and I mean, it's packed, and the, the candles and everything. And so the nine groomsmen all surround him. And in that moment, 20-year-old pastor's like, ah, you know, call 
everyone, someone just died. I, honestly, that literally would have been my thought. But I just kind of went like this, kind of assessed it, told the groomsmen, can you back off? The guy probably needs air. You know, yeah. I said it probably nicer than that. We're not. <laughs> they pull him back up. This is where the wisdom doesn't happen because we're always growing, amen? The guy said he was fine. <laughs> Two minutes later, bam. <laughs> but this time, actually, he was like, like a, a fish floundering a little bit. I, I, that didn't look so good. Um, so got taken care of, and, but was able to handle the situation in a different way than I would have before. I would have seen storm, storm, storm. But it was, and again, I don't belittle this situation, but life changes. My perspective has changed because I've experienced a lot more things. That's the point. Do you get that? I see a lot of heads bobbing on this. Leading through COVID, I hope you received the letter from me this week. And if you didn't, request the letter. And one of the things I learned is my first letter to you was like March 13th of 2020 in response to COVID. I said, I'm going to lead and not respond. I had no clue what those words meant and the journey that I would go on. I had no idea what it meant to lead myself through this, to lead my family through this, let alone 1,200 people at West Valley. But I wrote at the end of this letter, after praising God for 10 specific things and asked you to praise God for other things, and some of you have sent me things. But I said, I'm stronger today in March 2021 than I was in March 2020. My faith is stronger. And things that seem to really disrupt me in the past, it's water on a duck's back. Because the more I focus on Jesus, the less I focus in on the storm. Here's the reality. He's not asleep, my friends. Some of us feel like even today that he's asleep. He's not asleep. He's just as alive before covid as he is during it, and will be after it. Amen? Amen? I get the feeling. You know, Max Licato in his book, Jesus, writes this. The storm that made the disciples panic made him drowsy. What put fear in their eyes put him to sleep. The boat was a tomb to the followers, and yet it was a cradle to Christ. How could he sleep through the storm? Simple. He was in charge of it. He's in charge of it. I get the disciples' response. How about you? Because I may have shared like, oh, wow, Pastor Rob, he's invincible. No, I am so vulnerable still. Okay, let me just be honest. I'm still vulnerable. But I have to mentally continue to press into my faith and not let amnesia set in. You see, I think one of the greatest tools of the devil is amnesia for you and I as Christ followers, for you and I to forget how God has been in the storms of all of our lives and what he has brought us through. Let's give him praise, amen? You see, 
I understand that Philippians says pressing on towards what is ahead, forgetting what is behind, right? And pressing on towards, I get the forgetting that we shouldn't live in our past, but sometimes we may need to revisit it just to remind us of how far we've come through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. The Alpha and the Omega, the way, the truth, and the life, the resurrection, the, 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 the living water, the bread of life, all of those things in Christ Jesus has taken our lives and turned it inside out, upside down, and transformed us into the people who we are today. And there's no storm that has taken us out. There's no storm that is freaking Jesus out. There's no storm that he can't identify with and get us through. Press into that church. Press into Jesus because he loves you. And this is one of the examples that I want to share with you. I love this story. It continues on in Mark chapter 4, verse 39. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Can you say those three words with me? Quiet, be still. Let's say it again. Quiet, be still. Those three words are so powerful. Then the wind, here's the wind's response. Here's the storm's response that nearly took out the boat. The wind died down and it was completely calm. Three words. I share those three words, the waves are still going. Jesus shares those three words, calm sea, go fishing. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. If the disciples who have been had a front row seat with Jesus Christ, saw of his amazing miracles, saw of his his amazing uh, teachings, they were still questioning. We are not bad here in 2021 to have a little doubt every now and then, to have a little uh, doubt in our faith, a little trembling. But let Let's remember, let's remember this truth. He is, he was, and he will be. The same today, yesterday, and forever. I love, again, Max Lucano in his book, he says, storms prompt us to take unprecedented journeys. Storms prompt us to take unprecedented journeys. Can you relate to that? And I love this. Jesus did no hocus pocus, did he? He didn't do any waving of the hands. He didn't do any sacrificial uh, you know, offerings of, of, of a lamb. He didn't do any mantras. He didn't bow down and, and recite things. He just shared three words. Amen? That's how powerful Jesus Christ was and is. And this has been true for me leading through this pandemic. Anything good is because of him. Because left to Rob Denton, I, you know, I've had a lot of challenges through this year. A lot of voices speaking to me, giving me their thoughts. And I just say, do you want Rob Denton leading or do you want Jesus leading through Rob Denton? Because Rob Denton probably would have bailed, to be honest. Probably find a nice little state. I'd go hide in and pray to Jesus every day and still be faithful. Am I the only one? But Jesus is alive. Amen. He was not asleep then. He's not asleep now. He's, matter of fact, still very awake. You continue reading the scripture. 
In, in Matthew chapter 14, verses 20 through 2 through 33, we're not going to read this right now. It's a very, very popular uh, story. Some of you have never heard this story, so I'd encourage you to read it this week. This is your homework. But it's a story where, where there's another storm uh, on the sea, and, and the disciples are afraid again. And, and there's this image, and it's Jesus, and the guys are freaking out. And Jesus says, do not be afraid. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid, right? And then he calls them to, to step out of the boat. Peter's the one that steps out. And don't get afraid here in the front row or catch me if I stall, fall. But you think about it. He's right there at the edge of the boat and he puts his foot out. And it would be just as crazy for me to put my foot out right now and think that I'm going to walk on air. Just as crazy that Peter stepped out onto the water. Amen. And yet he stepped out and he was able to walk on the water as his eyes were looking at who? CNN? Fox News? Facebook, Instagram, Wall Street Journal, New York Times. Me? No, Jesus. And when he was focused on Jesus, he was walking on water. And then when the storm came up and he got his eyes off Jesus back on the storm, that's when he sank. That's when you and I are going to sink too, is we focus on the storm and not on the Jesus that could calm the storm. Feed your fears and your faith will starve. Feed your faith and your fear will be outpowered. <laughs> he also shows his love in this way. He is not untouchable. There's a great story in Mark chapter 5, verses 24 through 29. I'd love again for you to read this in, in greater detail, but it says this, a large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for how many years? For 12 years, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew, grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be what? I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. My friends, that's what I want for you. That's what I want for you online. That's what I want for our world is I want us to be freed from our suffering. And it's not alcohol that's going to do it. It's not sex that's going to do it. It's not drugs that's going to do it. It's not success that's going to do it. It's not Buddha that's going to do it or Mormonism or whatever you want to say, a crystal around your neck, feng shui, whatever it is, it's Jesus Christ and him alone. That is what is going to help the suffering in our life. Think about that. That's truth. Can you imagine the suffering that this woman went through? It says she gave up everything she had to get healed. She paid everything she could. She went to every doctor, and she had to be in so much pain physically, emotionally, relationally. Can you imagine how people look down on her? Sick, female, in that culture? Get away. And yet she heard about this Jesus and she had to get to him. Even if it meant going through a crowd and being ridiculed, she went for it. She was living in a body no one wanted and her last hope was Jesus. And I think, I think about this. She, she must have been thinking, if only, if only I could touch him. Well, some would say, I'm up on a pedestal, right? Jesus, all authority and all power. Feed me grapes. Fan me. Come serve me. Right? All power and authority. Jesus was the opposite, amen? Humble, servant, 
taking on the nature of a servant, the Philippians says? Serving? You see, Jesus showed his love in this, that he wasn't untouchable, but he was available. You see, he did not rebuke this woman for touching him. At once, Mark chapter 5, verse 30 says, at once Jesus realized that the power had gone from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the power, uh, uh, the, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you could ask, who touched me? Like this blew them away. But Jesus, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembled with fear and told him the whole truth. Why was she trembling? Because she wasn't supposed to approach any kind of man in that culture, let alone if he was the son of God. Are you kidding me? And he was on his way to an important person to heal that person's uh, child that was sick. And she stepped in and she just reached down and touched him. She had to be scared. And yet, look at the response. What's the first word out of Jesus' mouth? Say it. I watched uh, my granddaughter lay on my son's chest yesterday. I saw my son Drew in a way I've never seen my son. You could already tell. It's my girl. Don't touch her. I bet you this woman had never experienced that. And just those words, daughter, how powerful and healing that must have been. Amen. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from what? Be freed from your suffering. And all God's people said, Amen. he is not untouchable. And the last way he displays his love is in this. He is not a burden. He's not a burden. So many times we portray Christianity as a burden. Oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. And I have to go to church. And I have to read my Bible and I have to tithe and I have to... Right? Are you kidding me? That's not Christianity. That's religion. He's not a burden. One of my favorite passages, you should probably underline this. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28. Come to me. <laughs> you hear that? That's an invitation. Come to me. All. That's all of you. It doesn't matter who you are, what your experiences are. All who are weary and burdened. I imagine there's some people listening right now that are weary and burdened. I imagine there's some people right here that are weary and burdened. And he says this, I will give you what? <sighs> I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, not only is he not a burden, he takes ours on. Think about that. He wants you to offload onto him. Recently, someone donated some amazing furniture, beautiful furniture they moved uh, to our church, and, and we've been selling that, and, and uh, it was a lot of furniture, and it was heavy, and I've been going through some health stuff, so as much as I wanted to lift and be a part of it, uh, my son, uh, Drew, and my nephew, uh, both in their 20s and very strong, I watched them move all this furniture, and I really wanted to move it myself, but the truth is, 
I couldn't have because I was limited. Do you hear the point? Some of you are trying to move furniture that you can't move because you're hurt. Let him move the furniture. My burden is light. My friends, those are three examples of how Jesus has displayed his love for us. He loves you. Do you love him? Have you asked him to be your personal Lord and Savior? Do you even know what that means? If you don't, seek me out after the service. Seek out Pastor John, who's concluding the service. Seek out somebody over at the Welcome Center. I mean, just find a way to do it. If you're online, reach out. Give us your information, and we would love to talk to you about a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is for everybody. He loves you. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for this message. Thank you that uh, you're not asleep. Thank you that you're not untouchable. And thank you that you're not a burden. You're just the opposite. You're gentle, you're humble, you're approachable, you're caring, you're available. What more can I ask for? What more can we ask for? We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.